This particular podcast is brought, brought to you by, by Stingray Afternoons. My book and the letter E and the number two. Can it be the letter O? Because that's the letter that I used when I was on Sesame Street. You were on Sesame Street demonstrating the letter O. There are two O's in Lobo. There, you're not delivering it right. There are two O's in the name Lobo. The this basketball. Is Telly Monster, right? The ba- no. Um, Kelly no. Monster the ref- was the referee. Yeah, but I, this was me talking. There are two O's in the name Lobo. The basketball is shaped like the letter O. And the hoop you try to put it through is also shaped like the letter O. <laughs> and you played one-on-one against Big Bird in a Larry Bird jersey. I that did. Was some inspired genius on Sesame Street. I mean, they, the thing is, before I did Sesame Street, they asked me, they said, who's your favorite character? Who would you like to make sure is in the skit? And my favorite when I was a kid was Snuffleupagus. He was and out with a torn patella. No, <laughs> even better. So they obviously they wanted Bert, you know, Big Bird in the Larry Bird jersey. And they said, we're sorry, we couldn't have Snuffy here because the person who is in the Big Bird costume is also the back of Snuffleupagus. <laughs> so they're, oh. they're never in the same. <laughs> also, we've invested $5,000 in a custom-made Big Bird-sized Larry Bird uniform. Right, right. <laughs> Says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. I love that song. That's a song that my brother recorded when I asked him to send me a sitcom-like theme song for a podcast. And, and a, a day later, he, he wrote that, and his band, Tom, Dick, and Harry in Minneapolis, came up with that. This is the same brother who, when I met him for the first time, and uh, he gave me a hug. He told me that he was not the low party of a hug. And so from then on out, I had to, when I went in to say hello and give him a hug hello, I had to go, hi. Because, uh, or no, I had to go low. Well, you tried to hug him high. You tried to be the high party in the hug and understand. I just went where my arms went. It was the, like naturally, if you're a short dude, I'm going to be the high party in the hug. If you're a tall guy, I'm going to be the lower party in the hug. We should say he's For, not a short dude. He's six two. He's too, so, but he's still shorter than he's me. Shorter than so you. somehow, maybe it's a reflection of someone's masculinity. They have to be the high party in the hug. I don't know exactly what if that I means know my about. Brother, he's always been the high party in any hug. Well, uh, if if your family actually hugged one another, you would be able to tell me if he was the high party in the hug with you. Well, but, that that's true too because my family were not huggers. Uh, we appropriately shake hands when we see each other after a long period of, apart. Have you ever hugged your brother? Have I ever hugged my brother? Yeah. No. Why Why would I hug my brother? Like that's a normal thing to do is to hug your sibling, hello or goodbye or. I mean, that's unimaginable to me that you have never hugged your own brother. I think I think my three brothers and I have all been very comfortable not hugging each other over the years, and I mean, it's probably not a tradition we're going to start. Don't take now. this the wrong way. I'm fine with you not hugging me, but I just think it's odd that you. I don't was going to say we, we your... give each other a firm handshake after many weeks apart, so why should we be different with my brothers? Well, yes, that is true. Well, so we should say this is this is a podcast, right? Have we addressed that? Why are we doing this? Does the world need another one of these? Clearly, it doesn't. Is this a good idea? Probably not. Will it will it hurt you to listen to it? There's probably a good chance it will. 
We're coming to you from our basement in Connecticut. If you hear a chirping, it's not the, the uh, emergency broadcast system being tested. It's our smoke alarm going off. These things usually only chirp in the middle of the night, as I'm sure you all know, but we can now add whenever you're recording something in your basement, which we're doing for the very first time, and the, uh, the and, alarm is And chirping. someone should know it'll only stop chirping when I replace the battery. Well, You'll just let that thing chirp for months. I don't know how to replace it. I've taken the thing off, unscrewed it, Taking the battery out, it still chirps without the battery. It's like it's like the undead. It continues on. And like uh, with most with things no around the house, the first time that happened where you took the battery out to replace it and the smoke detector continued to chirp, your solution was to put it in my desk drawer. <laughs> no, I believe the first thing I did is what everybody does, which is insulate it, wrapped in socks and underwear, and stuck it in my underwear drawer. That didn't help. So then I put it in your desk drawer. And, it's the gift I mean, that keeps on giving. We weren't planning on talking about any of this, but um, since we are... I think that's fairly you know, it's, obvious. It's, 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 like, it's like anything that happens around the house. If something breaks, it's going to stay broken until I call someone to fix it. Because you will admit that no one would ever accuse you of being a handyman. Nor will anybody accuse me of calling people to fix things. <laughs> I don't like talking on the phone. It's, a, it's an occupational hazard in journalism, and, and I don't like doing it. I don't like calling people. Uh, you don't like calling people. You don't like hugging your siblings. So I don't like people. <laughs> well, then it's a good thing you have a job where you just sit in your office in your pajamas all day and write things. So anyway. <laughs> so I guess that's what this podcast is about. If, if we need to offer a reason for being. It's about a married couple with four kids. 13 feet of, of married couple with about 22 feet of kids. That's us. Well, we're just coming off of a, a time in, in, our, in the year where we have a ton of birthdays. You and I both have fall birthdays. We have two of our four children have fall birthdays. And it just has gotten me thinking about not only birthdays, but presents and gift giving. And, you know, not only are you a, not a handyman, you are uh, not a good gift giver. I'm <laughs> not so a handyman? What do you think? I figured that it would be a good thing to delve into sure. what makes a good gift giver, perhaps what makes a good gift receiver. And Why um, do I think this is going to be about what makes a bad gift giver? <laughs> well... Well, basically, whatever I talk about with you, if somebody does the opposite, it would make them a good gift giver. But it also got me thinking, too, as we watch our kids, you know, getting so excited for their upcoming birthday, kind of what age does that excitement go away a little bit? Because, you know, our kids are counting down the days. We've had times where they've made those paper chain things and, and hanging in their room and every day they rip off one of the paper links getting excited for their birthday because they can't wait to get whatever it is the gift is that they want and I can remember the birthday I remember was my 14th birthday and I couldn't wait for Bruce Springsteen's Tunnel of Love album to come out and uh, my parents usually gave me my gifts in the evening after a birthday cake but that that day they gave me the the cassette tape that morning so I could listen to it in my Walkman on the school bus the entire way to school and just I still think of how excited I was to you know look at the, the the lyrics and everything on the inside of this cassette tape and watching our kids open whatever gift it is that they get. I think peak birthday for me was age seven. I came downstairs on a Saturday morning and wrapped in a brown paper sack, not wrapped like a present, just in a brown paper sack as if it were a a, a forty ounce Schlitz malt liquor, was a Number 11, J.P. Parisi, Minnesota North Stars jersey. The fact that I haven't forgotten it 43 years later leads me to believe that that was peak birthday for me. And um, based on that and based on 
you know, my relationship with you, I bet your mother purchased the gift and perhaps your father wrapped it. <laughs> yes, I think you're absolutely right. And, and I should add that it was only a number 11 jersey in my head. There, was, there were no numbers on it, now that I think about it. The back was blank, but I just assumed, because he was my favorite player, that that's, that's who the jersey was. And it had one of those shiny North Stars uh, emblems that, that kind of crinkled, made, became wavy in the wash. It didn't flake off but it didn't also look like they looked on TV after a couple of washings. It didn't matter to me, but I, I remember that vividly. And the other great gift that I got, and I've talked about this many times, is the Alan Page jersey that my mom homemade, the Vikings number 88 jersey. So those were both about eight, nine, 10 years old. The other present that, that I remember vividly from that time was, um, uh, I remember it so vividly that it's slipping my mind right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> This is unbelievable. This is why I, I, uh, I don't speak for a living. Well, why don't I ask you this? You, you can remember some great gifts that you received. Can you remember what is the best gift you have ever given someone? Well, like hugs. I don't really give good gifts. I don't even remember. <laughs> you can't even think of, like, what's the most thought you've ever put into a, a gift? Or is that not how your brain works? I, I don't give it much thought. I do remember the, the present that I was thinking of in seventh grade that I got that I was so excited to get. And it was an AM FM clock radio that I could listen to music as I went to bed. And, and for those first few days after I received it, it was sanctioned that I could actually listen to you know music as I was falling asleep or listen to a, a late Twins game from the West Coast or something. And I was so excited. I opened it, had to go to football practice. When I came home from football practice, my brother Tom, the, the, uh, who sang the theme song, had my goosenecked reading lamp bent over the, the clock radio. He'd been studying it and studying the owner's manual hours earlier when I left for football. He then also left for something. And when I came back, the lamp was still on, bent over the clock radio, and it had melted, melted the plastic casing of the clock radio. So it looked like a melted Salvador Dali clock, only a digital AMF clock. Work. It still worked, but 90% of the appeal of it to me was lost. My brother had destroyed the thing before I had even gotten to use it. And uh, so I remember that for a bad reason. And that's probably my sort of rosebud moment where I became a bad gift giver in your estimation well, or a non-gift giver. Tom sounds like the gift ruiner because didn't he also do something similar when you guys got a skateboard as boys? Yeah, well, he and I pulled our money to buy a skateboard and he got first dibs at, it was a lime green skateboard we got from Westwood Skate and Bike in Bloomington, Minnesota. And he took it down the biggest hill in Bloomington next to Normandale College, Junior College. And he it had these newfangled polyurethane wheels that could roll over anything. Well, he hit a pebble halfway down the hill. The wheels stopped. The board stopped. He kept going, needless to say, and broke his arm. And then my mom took the skateboard from us. And I, I don't think I ever rode it after pooling our money to buy a $28 skateboard. So... I have bad memories of some of these gifts and, and um, that may offer insight into why you don't get anything on our anniversary. Well, no, I, you give me things. They're just not great. And I think I should give some examples. And I should have uh, I should have known what I was getting into because I was thinking about this when you I think the first gift probably that you gave me sort of was the Olympics in Salt Lake City. It was that 2002? Yes. So we were dating just about a year at oh, that God. point what and you were... You were out there in February 2002 covering the, the Olympics, and you were gone for Valentine's Day. And I remember I was playing with a, a local basketball team at the time. We're in the middle of our season. But while you were gone, one of the things I did to send to you for a gift was 
while we had been dating, I'd saved movie stubs when we'd go to the movies or matchbooks from the restaurants we'd gone to or pictures from whatever. And I remember making this like really sweet and thoughtful album where sort of now in hindsight, perhaps it could be considered creepy, but we were had been dating for a year at the time. And if I don't know if you even remember this, of but course. I pa- <laughs> when I packaged up this photo album that had, you know, all these mementos from all these different dates that we had been on and pictures, had pictures and, and things and in it, right? Trinkets and yeah, like just it little notes album. and yeah, and it was, yes, well done, yes. And uh, I mailed, found out, you know, you told me where you were staying, so I mailed, I mailed it out to you for Valentine's Day. And so you got it while you were out there. And do you have any recollection of what you gave me for that Valentine's Day? I think I gave you a, a, a note of gratitude. You gave, no, not even that. I believe I got a dozen red roses from 1-800-Flowers. And while some people would say, what a lovely, thoughtful gift. I'm one man, of those people. For a man to give. And like, at least I know, well, that you overcame your fear of talking to somebody on the phone because I think this is before you could order flowers online. So at least you called somebody unless perhaps you had... It was um, definitely would have been online. It, unless you had Richard Hoffer do it for you and make the call. But um, I just remember I, I think I'm the only one more comfortable on the phone than, than, than Hoffer, yeah. All that time that I had spent putting into that album and, and I enjoyed doing it and, and uh, you know, sending it to you. And yeah, look at these flowers. I could have gotten these for myself and stuff. What, what difference does it make where the flowers came from? It's not like I stole them off a grave or something. Well, at least know enough to call a local florist. You know, that, the, the, they're better than 1-800-Flowers. Oh, but the bigger issue was all the thought and time and effort that went into my gift. And, you know, you spent, what, three minutes calling up and, and ordering me flowers. I feel like you're issuing, reading an indictment against me. Do you want to get into some of the gifts that you've given me? Yes, I think I should get into some of the, the great right. gifts that well, I've given you. I never had a pet growing up, never wanted a pet. Specifically said that we would get one over my dead body and uh, uh, three birthdays ago you presented me with a dog large shedding dog that I found out that day I was allergic to and vice versa she was allergic to me so um, it it was the equivalent of of Homer giving Marge the bowling ball inscribed Homer you wanted a dog so you gave me one for my birthday so you're saying you don't like the dog I would never say that out loud well, see, you had gone all these years, whenever I would talk about us getting a pet, you know, we've got four kids, they should have a dog. Most people would agree that kids should grow up with a pet. All these years of you saying, no, but, but I don't want a dog. Most people would agree? Yes, no, they would. No, they wouldn't. Not most people no, in this room. They would, yes. <laughs> Denny, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Denny yeah, agrees that, that we should have a pet. So <laughs> that puts us at two to one. So most people in this room would agree that a family, including their children, should have a dog. So year, you know, years and years, I asked subtly and, and only occasionally, you know, gauged your interest in, uh, in letting us keep a dog alive in our house. And you kept saying, no, no, no. And finally, um, once you said maybe, and my favorite part about it was you said to the kids, this is a parent of four kids, only a parent with a lot of kids can understand they where you were coming me from. for weeks and said, ask me repeatedly on a daily basis if we could get a dog and every time I said no and and finally they came to me in a moment of weakness one night at the end of a long day and asked if they could get a dog and I told them if you give me one hour of solitude on the couch here nobody in the room I don't want to hear a word from anybody and I'm just going to sit here and read you can get a dog and they set the timer on the microwave for 60 minutes 
And when that beeped, they came into the room and said, the 60 minutes is up. I don't get an extra second. And the next day, you went down and got the dog. Well, you told them they could have a dog. The dog wasn't for me. The dog was for our four children who desperately wanted a dog. It was the right thing to do. The dog is, the, the dog is, well, that's. The dog is a wonderful The dog animal. is one of the who I feed and clean up after and take for walks. So, so. Um, that's a slight exaggeration. If, but if, if, I, if I may, if I may. You if, may. If, if I'm a bad gift giver, I would say you're an even worse gift receiver. Because many of the gifts that I've given you that are coming back to me now, I know to be excellent gifts. Oftentimes you asked for them and then you never once acknowledged or touched them, used them, did anything with them. I'm thinking specifically, and I think you know what I'm thinking of. Of course. An iPod that I gave you, maybe our first Christmas. You keep coming back to this iPod. No, no, I don't keep coming back. You, you bring it up. You bring it up in a fair amount. And the iPod never came out of the, the cellophane-wrapped box. I think in the, from the time that I gave it to you to the time that we somehow disposed of it, it had gone from a brand-new iPod to an iPod Classic, like 10-year-old retro version, and then we took it to, I don't know. We still do, have it. Do we still have it? Well, still in its original cellophane. You asked, no, no, no. This, this asked. Is, this I don't is know where if you asked for that. I did ask for that. Okay. I did ask for that. And I know exactly which Christmas it was. You gave that to me for the Christmas of 2004. And why do I remember that? Well, what else happened <laughs> on Christmas Day of 2004? On Christmas I'm Day sure you'll tell me. of 2004, we had our first child. Let me rephrase that. I had our first child. So it's shocking that somebody who has a child, their first, and then comes home and is dealing with a newborn and all that time, didn't have time to open a present. Put but even earbuds and, no, and no, no. just kind of relax see, and, and, and unplug. See, this is the whole, th this is the whole thing that you and I think probably men in general, especially husbands, need to understand is it's not about necessarily the gift what what is this gift or what are you doing to make things a little easier for me for example that was back in the time where we had tons of cds but no music digitized we had nothing burned nothing put on our computer if you had said listen while you're doing everything to take care of our child while you're changing diapers and and feeding and whatever why don't i take a few of your cds and put them on your computer and then put them on the ipod I would have listened to that thing like crazy. I didn't have any time to do any of that. We just had a baby. Okay, count number two of this indictment. You asked for <laughs> Rosetta Stone Spanish lessons that you could listen to on an airplane or when you're traveling, when you're on the road. I got them for you. They were not inexpensive, and you never opened the link. You well, never opened the link. That I'll, 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 I'd be better served if I just went around distributing money to large corporations as, as a, and send you a card that says, in honor of your birthday, I made a large donation to the Rosetta Stone Corporation. See, I will take part of the blame on that one, but I do have sort of a reason. I asked you for the CDs, and you thoughtfully got me the link. But at that time, you couldn't download the, the stuff. You had to listen to it. And so the only time I had to listen to this stuff, what my plan was, was I was traveling. When I was flying, I was going to listen to these CDs and learn Spanish. I couldn't listen to them without internet on the plane because you couldn't download the stuff. But anyway, this, this, is, going, this is going to go to kind of my, my bigger thing, which is especially for people who they both work. So if you really wanted a watch, you can buy yourself a watch. If I really want a watch or whatever, I can buy it for myself. 
There's something. That's why I agree. No, no, why don't we just stop things... giving each other gifts? No, that's not I the mean, point. I've already done that. No, that's not the point. Yes, you, you started our relationship that way. This is the point, and I've had this conversation with some of my friends, and this, this gift that I'm going to bring up is a perfect example of it. <laughs> so my birthday, maybe two years ago, is in the fall, a really busy time for me where I'm traveling like crazy for WNBA playoffs. You asked me, what do you want for your birthday? I said, you know what I would love is to have our minivan detailed. Yes, it's, thank it's you a for mess. bringing that up. Yes, no, exactly. It's a mess. Taking the, the car to get detailed, it's a few-hour process. I don't have time for that. All I want is to one of these days come home and have my car be clean. Agreed. So what did you give me? I gave you a full detailing of the you minivan. You gave me and a... No! You gave me a gift card so I could take the minivan myself to have a detail. That's not and, the point. And a gift card to the nail salon next door so while they were detailing your car, you could no. get a manicure. What That's, I wanted. And that, what was, I wanted. that was your friend no. Katie told me to get that for you, that that was the perfect gift. No. I should have gotten the car detailed and then gotten my nails done? What, no. What were you your... should have gotten the car detailed and, and no one needed their nails done. Or I could have gotten my nails done another time. I wanted a clean car. I wanted not to have the headache of taking it there, waiting a couple hours for my car to be clean. I just wanted you to do it. It's like, but I suppose it's like the, we're sitting in our basement and one of the lights is out. I told you two weeks ago, the light's out. So I guess now I just have to ask you, where's the bulb? Because <laughs> if I'm telling you the light's out, the point is I really want you to change the light bulb. But I need a tall person to change the light bulb. <laughs> you know, so, you know I, this I, reminds me. Well, Rick Riley was, once did a book talk. And I, for some reason, I think it was Salt Lake City or something. And at the end, he asked for questions. And the first question he got was, what's it like being married to Rebecca Lobo. <laughs> and he replied, it's helpful when you need to get something off a high shelf. When your reply would be, well, when she's not harassing me about my gifts. I'm gonna Actually, up... somebody, somebody at the Basketball Hall of Fame at a private function the night after the enshrinement, there was another function at the Mohegan Sun, if you remember. Yes. And you were off chatting with somebody and, and a woman turned to me and said, what is it like being married to a legend? And I said, she's right over there. Why don't you go ask her? <laughs> and it got that reaction. Yeah. That exact reaction. <laughs> one, one person was somewhat laughing. I, and it was just, me. Just because I'm enjoying this, I'm going to bring up one more example of you just being a, kind of a typical clueless man, husband, gift giver. So one year, and I don't remember when this was, for Valentine's Day, you gave me a box of chocolates. And they were truffles. Sounds and that awesome. was lovely. Yeah, that was a very absolutely. nice thing to do. I agree. And I waited the appropriate amount of time, probably a week or two. And I, and I said to you in the kitchen, I can remember this. I said, lovely gift. I appreciate it. Just so you know, because I plan to be married to you for a long time. I don't particularly like truffles. So if, if you want to. First of all, who is this person you're making you, up? You have never said anything to me like that no, in your life. No, this is true. Yes, you usually tiptoe around no. these topics. No, I okay. was, but it was, I was very thoughtful in the way I handled this. I just said, so you know. Just so you know. Never happens, but. Next, you know, if you're going to get me chocolate again, like, I don't particularly like truffles. Get me, you know, the ones that have the nuts or the chewies or whatever, whatever. So honest to God, because this is a running joke with me and some of my girlfriends. The next year for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Go on. You, you gave me a lovely box of chocolates. Hmm. Once again, <laughs> truffles. 
You know, when, so, when I bought so, the, when I bought those on, truffles. Hold on, so much so that I thought it was like at first I was like, oh, this is really funny. He's doing this as a spoof, and then I realized you had no memory of me telling you that. Uh, that's that's not true. I remember you telling me something about truffles. I couldn't remember if you hated them or loved them. And when I saw truffles, and 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 it happens that I it love happens truffles. Happens to that you love them, yes. In my brain, I thought. I remember she said she loves truffles, or did she say she hates them? I can't remember for sure. I have to make the call here. And in fairness. It was the exact same thing for me when we were considering a dog. I just couldn't remember. Whether I never had one and really, never wanted one. really, really yeah. wanted a dog or, uh, or if you absolutely didn't The difference didn't is want. you didn't eat the truffles. I did. Yes. And you're not taking care of the dog. I am. That is, see, that part is so untrue. But In fact, we should have named the dog Truffles. <laughs> Last year, I, uh, I took our second daughter, who is now 11, for Valentine's Day, we went to the store to pick you up something for you, to get you some, um, some chocolates. And she said to me, because I think our kids are even aware of this, she said, oh, Daddy likes truffles. I said, I know. So we're going to get him the nuts and chewies. And I said, this is a life lesson for you, Maeve. When you've been married a few years, buy the chocolate you like, just so that when he eats your chocolate or gives you the bad gift, at least you'll have something still. That you enjoy. So, you know, actually, I'm thinking about you did <laughs> the most thoughtful gift you've ever given me. Are you going to have any, do you have any idea what I'm going to talk the about? The most thoughtful gift that I ever gave to you. That you ever gave to me, other than our four lovely children, do you think? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so. Am, am I now going to be punished for not no, remembering no, no, gifts no, no, that no. I gave to you? No, 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 you're not at all. But I, I need to give you some credit because this was a great gift. So, my favorite writer, other than you, of course, is. Philip Roth. I have most of his novels. You, I love you Philip said Roth. Your favorite writer is Philip Roth. I mean, don't patronize me with okay. other than me. Yes. My favorite fiction writer is Philip Roth. So I love Philip Roth. So one Christmas. Can I at least be your second favorite writer in Northern Connecticut? <laughs> yes, you can. You can be at my least, second favorite pre- writer. Pretend that. In our house, and uh, so you what? One Christmas, you got me a signed. What was the first one that you the got? Human was stain. It? The Human Stain, which was the I first Philip Roth novel I ever read, loved it, and just started reading all this stuff after that. So you gave me that. It was great, thoughtful gift. I think I told you that. So the following Christmas, <laughs> you got me another signed Philip Roth novel. Fortunately, he has a lot of novels. I think then the following Christmas, <laughs> that was your gift as well. He has a lot of novels. <laughs> When I find something you like, (laughs) I stick with it. I I had to run into Philip Roth in the press box at Yankee Stadium to get an assignment. You met Philip Roth? I didn't meet Philip Uh, Roth, of course not. I was going to say. But had I gone to the trouble of of tracking down the reclusive Philip Roth and and acquiring his signature firsthand, would that have made a difference? No, absolutely not. I'm just just saying, perhaps for your next few birthdays, I'll just give you some more dogs. (laughs) We shouldn't make this all about me. We shouldn't make this all about us. I should say, though, it was my birthday three weeks ago, and you got me an unbelievably great present, a working, reasonably high-quality turntable, because we've had some cheap ones in the past that haven't lasted more than a month. We've acquired some LPs, and we've recently stumbled upon a trove of both record stores and cleaning out your dad's basement, some records, and now we listen to LPs, the crackle, the skipping the 
that kids love rotary dial telephone that's on my desk. Kids love the 70s, basically. So thank you for that gift. So we're cleaning out my dad's basement. We find a bunch of these just great records. And then his neighborhood's having a tag sale. We go, and one of his neighbors, a good friend of ours, Sherry, has all these albums. To her credit, our 12 and a half year old daughter was the one saying to me, because I'm going through and trying to decide you know, which of these to get and which not to get, and, and Siobhan is the one who said, oh no, you've got to get Joni Mitchell. Dad loves Joni Mitchell. And I said, well, she, and she, she, said she said, I love Joni Mitchell. I said, what 12 and a half year old <laughs> loves Joni Mitchell? But So this is now the problem, though, and perhaps people are listening, they know how to solve this. People aren't listening. So, Well, not right now, if they were, but at start. some point. So we have the turntable in our dining room, and that right now is where we're kind, we kind of have the albums there. And I told you the other day, I walked in there, and especially these ones that we got at the tag sale, the dining room now smells like a used bookstore. It smells like a tag sale. Yeah, well, no, it smells like old records and old books. And of course, your response to me was, are you saying that's a bad thing? And your point is, it smells like a used bookstore? <laughs> so I don't necessarily want my dining room smelling like a used bookstore. So I smell people, like a used bookstore. <laughs> well, that's why I'm usually in a different room. <laughs> but we need, if anybody knows how to get rid of that smell of the used bookstore... Well, of course. People are going to say, get I mean, rid of the albums. Right. Move the album. But I, we want to keep the albums. And, you know, the, maybe the slight smell is fine. I can, tell you, like with I can you. tell you, when I was a kid and I would go into record stores, particularly Harpo's Records and stuff, the in stuff was, a, was a, a key phrase in that. It smelled like incense and, to use Al Stewart's phrase, incense and patchouli. Um, I didn't know what that stuff was, but that's what a record store in the 70s when I was a kid smelled like. This doesn't smell the same, but it does have to smell like something. Right. Well, what's, what was the in stuff? In stuff, it was it was a head shop. They were selling, you know. Do I have to explain this to you? Yes. Okay. Well, they were selling. In, uh, half of the customers smelled like weed. So, but were they selling uh, sort like of, sort of uh, were they like from their Levi's jean jackets? Absolutely. That yeah, sort of thing? yeah. Of course. But That's we were just went in there to look at Ohio players albums, album covers, and all of these, you know, uh, album covers that we would look at. So music was a visual thing, more than a listening thing, and now it's more of an olfactory experience right. as well. So. That makes me think of the in such. Makes me think of there's a place in stuff. In stuff. In stuff. Sorry. If, if I'm not mistaken, the mm was mispunctuated, so you know it should be a ft and ft. Right. But they just have the ft on one side, and that drives me crazy. I don't. I don't like. Yeah, that. you're not. That's you, an apostrophe catastrophe. Yes. That makes me think though of a few towns away from us. There's a Dairy Queen that we've taken our kids to, and right next to it is the big sign of the store, Smoke and Munch. Smoke and much. Smoke and much. And I just, I know this is I probably... I think they were, they, were, they were the two morning zoo guys uh, <laughs> in the, uh, Bloomington when I was a I kid. just, like, have a vision of them sponsoring a local Little League team and all these, like, little nine-year-olds running out to take well, the field and smoke and much. Now I regret that we called this podcast Ball and Chain and not Smoke and Munch. Is it too late to change the <laughs> to logo? Change By the way, Ball and Chain was your idea. And um, and I loved it. And But then it got me thinking, like... Which one am I? Well, that's the beauty of Tom's song. We'll play the full song at the end because he does allude to that. But that's the whole point. It's the great mystery. Neither. But I mean, in okay, it's the great mystery. For, but in your brain, which one am I? I think in everybody's brain, I'm the 200 pounds of dead weight that's being dragged <laughs> behind me. I think I'm willing to agree to that. Okay, as long as you're willing to agree. 
And I'm just the chain that's attaching you to whatever it is. <laughs> All right, so I think we've covered it. For people who are looking for ways to give gifts, men, Listen to you, the women. You've, you've said listen, it all. Listen. No. You've <laughs> said it all, Rebecca. Oh, I forgot to say, I forgot to bring this up. So this, to me, is like a thoughtful, great gift. So you can't remember if I told you I love truffles or hate truffles. So talking I know to, now. So, so talking to your brother-in-law, Mike, and he was telling me, so so every summer we go and we, we visit them. at the, They have a cabin up He's also your brother-in-law, Mike. What's that? He's also of your brother-in-law, Mike. Of course he is. But I'm, I'm saying, like, because of related and married to your sister so we're up at their cabin and he and he just points out he said oh you know they had a webcam out on the deck and he said yeah one time we were up here in the summer and amy his wife your sister said oh, i wish i could look at this view every day and he said oh immediately that got me thinking and so for her birthday or christmas or whatever he installed the webcam so that whenever she's home not not at her cabin she can look at the beauty of the like like thoughtful because yeah, he, he was he First of all, that he was listening to her. That's, that's a lovely thing. And it was thoughtful. And I had the same time. epiphany recently. And I thought I could look at this view every day. And I bought myself a shaving mirror. <laughs> oh, good God. Help Rebecca help Lobo, us. you've said it all. And you've given nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for this week's... Uh, I'll just... I'm going to add one more thing. <laughs> uh, you haven't I said it all. I There's more said to say. I cannot wait to see... Uh, what flavor truffle or uh, which Philip Roth novel <laughs> signed? Perhaps first edition. I'm going to get this Christmas. <laughs> Along with your iPod Classic. <laughs> For producer Denny Gallagher and Rebecca Lobo. Your favorite. <laughs> <laughs>